welcome to the Volva Diaries with host Dr. Amanda Selk, bringing you the 101 on vulvovaginal health. So we're going to talk to Jessica Nargi, who is a pelvic physiotherapist in Toronto, Canada today. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Selk. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about what pelvic physiotherapy is. So pelvic physiotherapy or pelvic health physiotherapy is a type of physiotherapy where we have the eligibility to be able to assess uh, and treat internally. So we do an intravaginal or intrarectal exam so we can look at the integrity of the pelvic floor muscles as well as you know how well they're supporting the organs that are there and the connective tissue mobility. Um, we also do an or- extensive orthopedic evaluation, so we're looking at the whole person. So we're identifying if there's any hip dysfunction, low back dysfunction that might be driving some of their pelvic floor dysfunction. And when we're doing the intrarectal or vaginal exam, we're really trying to identify if the muscles are overactive or underactive. With patients with overactivity, they often present with pain, which they can be quite complex patients. So we will use a biopsychosocial approach with all of our patients, especially with this population. So the biological component being you know, the tissue issues and the psychosocial component and how they interact and affect the whole person. So I think it's important for us when we're telling our patients before they go to physio that you actually need to be in their vagina to assess them. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And also do such a great job telling them that it may not be right away, maybe after a few sessions, and the patients always must be comfortable at that point before we do that. Yeah, they're always surprised when we tell them that there's physios that do pelvic floor (laughs) physio but that they're very good at it, and this is what makes a lot of people better. So we do try to explain it. The vagina Um, personal trainer, right? That's right. You've heard me tell people that I have a personal trainer for your vagina. That's my favorite line. So what sort of uh, conditions do pelvic physiotherapists treat? So we treat a slew of conditions, many conditions that can affect sexual function, bladder dysfunction, or bowel dysfunction. You can appreciate why, considering the pelvic floor muscles are supporting uh, uterus, rectum, as well as bladder. So with respect to sexual dysfunction, um, we treat women with dyspareunia, so women who have primary dyspareunia or secondary dyspareunia. So secondary could be as a result of postpartum concerns, issues, postmenopausal, women with lichen sclerosis or clitoral phimosis, women who are experiencing uh, pain as a result of endometriosis, painful bladder syndrome, or interstitial cystitis. Prolapse can also contribute to dyspareunia, um, central pain mechanisms, and then as well as overactivity in the pelvic floor could be primary or secondary. When it's a primary driver, some of these women could be experiencing vaginismus. So this is when women have that inability to be able to penetrate at all. So the barn door is closed. Um, And then women with vulvodynia, so both provoked and generalized vulvodynia. As well as, not often, because it's not as common, we do treat women with PGAD, or persistent general arousal disorder. And then with respect to the urinary um, dysfunction, mixed urinary incontinence, urge incontinence, strength incontinence, difficulties initiating streams, so hesitation, increased frequency, so when women are peeing more than eight times a day, 
bowel issues such as constipation, so they could have dysenergia, so when the puborectalis should be relaxing, in fact it's contracting, so it's preventing proper defecation. Of course, pre and post surgical consults happen, so women who are getting hysterectomy, it's always good to see what their baseline is before the surgery. And then, of course, pudendal neuralgia or nerve entrapment or other conditions we see. That's a lot of things. This is amazing. So walk me through what a first visit is like to a physio. Yeah. So the initial assessment um, really is a great opportunity for us to lay down a positive clinician-patient therapeutic relationship. So we may spend, you know, the first visit just taking a good history. So we want to better understand their past medical history, social history. So that includes understanding activities they like to engage in, activities they want to be engaging in, as well as sleep patterns. Of course, we ask appropriate questions related to their pain, the duration, is it always, is it come and go, what aggravates it, what makes them feel better. And then we ask specifically about their periods. When did they start? Are they painful? Do they keep them home from work? And with respect to bladder, how often are they peeing? Is it painful when they pee? Is it difficult to initiate? And then bowel function, Um, you know, do they feel satisfied when they empty? What's their diet like? How often are they going? So we really, again, want to understand all relevant things related to bowel, bladder, and sexual function. Specifically with sexual function, we ask, are they enjoying or are they able to um, engage in the type of sex that they prefer? And then, of course, we ask our patients to identify goals. What are their expectations from coming from physiotherapy? From there, we do our comprehensive external evaluation. So again, looking at the whole person, posture, body mechanics, movement strategies, and when appropriate, looking at their vulvar tissue, um, the connective tissue, spending a lot of time on that first layer. And then with consent always, of course, and readiness and internal evaluation, nice and slow um, with these patients, especially those experiencing pain. And when we do the internal evaluation, what we're looking for is, you know, what's the integrity of the pelvic floor? So we start with one finger. If tolerated, we may um, insert another finger. We splay our fingers against the lateral walls. We're looking for global tone. We're looking for strength. We're looking for and identifying if there's prolapse. And of course, if needed, we'll enter rectally, depending on their symptoms. And you do some questionnaires at those visits too, don't We you? do, yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, absolutely. Before our initial assessment with our patients, we send out a number of questionnaires. And the reason why we do that is to help us plan our treatment. So one of the um, most important questionnaires that we do send is the DAS, which is the Depression, Anxiety, Stress Inventory. So this is a 21-item self-reported questionnaire that is not to be used alone as a diagnostic tool. So what we're looking for is to assess the severity for um, depression, anxiety, and stress, which are highly correlated to pain. So patients, again, presenting high in these numbers, we're not treating those symptoms, but what we're trying to do is give them the appropriate exercises to not only help those symptoms, but to help what they're presenting with, with respect to their pelvic floor. 
The pain catastrophizing scale is also a great scale that we use. It helps to identify psychosocial construct that's highly correlated with chronicity. So with acute injuries, we all know it's normal to catastrophize and, you know, it I think is healthy to do that. But when pain is persistent in nature, catastrophizing is no longer useful. And we know what the evidence says is that this could lead to increased pain, increased chronicity, increased um, chance of disability and medication use. And we may or may not look at sleep. So we know the research says that people with poor sleep um, often have more, the chance that the pain is going to be worse and vice versa. You know, I, I find the catastrophizing so interesting. We don't usually use those scales, but while I say that you guys are the personal trainers, I say that we're the cheerleaders. And I always feel that when we see people who feel like this is the end of the world and they're never going to get better, it's really hard to get them better. The same way, even though it's not an exact scale, but you see that when like, oh, this is it. Like, I can't do this versus, no, there's things you can do. Physio's one. It's like one of the tools. If you feel like you can get better, you can get better. And it's so important for all of us to sort of cheer them on for sure them through these things for sure and, and when they're coming in and they're scoring quite high on catastrophization we we may spend a big part of our session just talking about pain education and letting them better understand that you know their pain is 100% real um, this is not something that they're making up and it is an output of the brain but the brain is getting faulty signals and messages and we need to change that it's so important to hear those messages over and over from all the different caregivers that these are real things that, you know, we don't always know what started them. Sometimes we do, but a lot of time we don't. But there are things to treat them and they can get better and on and on and on. Yeah, absolutely. So what sort of things are actually involved in the treatments? Yeah, so, so when women are presenting with underactivity or weakness in their pelvic floor, they're the ones that are often presenting with stress urinary incontinence or prolapse. And for these women, Kegels are effective. So many people think pelvic physio, Kegels, the be all end all, and Kegels are not meant for everybody. So with women with underactivity, what we're looking for is how well can they squeeze and how well can they lift their pelvic floor. So we grade them on a scale from zero to five, and based on what they are at their initial assessment, we progress them through home exercises. Can you explain to people why it's better to do it with a physio than them just trying on their own to do Kegels, you know, from the internet or buying their own dilators? What's the benefit of physio? Yeah, absolutely. So because we can't see those muscles and because the pelvic floor has no Golgi tendons that give us that proprioception awareness, we don't really know if we're doing it right. And in fact, close to, I believe the stat is about 40% of women don't actually get that squeeze pressure around their urethra. And so with pelvic physiotherapy, you've got somebody there telling you and giving you um, feedback that they are squeezing, that they are lifting, that they're not bearing down, that they are coordinating their pelvic floor and their diaphragm together. And then it's more than that, right? If they're leaking with running, if they're leaking with sit to stand, we've got to get them doing functional things. And 
by visit two or three with our women with stress urinary incontinence, I'm on the floor, I am checking their pelvic floor in a standing position from sit to stand in all fours. So we're really trying to get them back to full function. And in order to be able to do that, they need to engage well, um, use their transverses abdominis combined with their pelvic floor. So everything's working in synergy. With those with overactivity, um, with the hypertonic pelvic floor, so the muscles are too active. We need to downtrain these muscles. These are your like your vaginismus and your pain people, right? These are our pain people, exactly. So these are the women that are having a hard time accommodating, hard time letting go to urinate. Urgency to urinate can be common in women with overactivity. So if these women decide that they think they should be doing Kegels, they could be exacerbating their symptoms and making everything wind up even that much more. There was a study done um, back in 2014. It was a cross-section population-based study, and it was published in the European Journal of Pain. And what they found that women with chronic pelvic pain, they had higher tone in their pelvic floor. They had reduced maximal strength. So, you know, what we can take from that is, is that these women still may be weak, but they're tight and weak. And so regardless, we still need to reduce overactivity. They also had difficulties with relaxation capacity. So that makes sense why they're more susceptible of developing dyspareunia and vaginismus when they have underlying chronic pelvic pain and elevated resting tone on EMG. So in clinic, um, we're spending a big part of our sessions practicing lengthening. And so we use various cues for these patients. So it may be something like pretend you're passing gas or pretend you're passing urine or visualize your sits bones and your tailbone separating from each other. But I think what's also really important is understanding why are their tissues in high tone. And that's when those questionnaires can be quite helpful as well. So not only do we want to consider, you know, lengthening the tissues and down training the tissues, but for women who are experiencing pain with intercourse, we want to do vaginal remapping and graded exposure. So this may include the use of dilators or accommodators um, with themselves or with their partners. Uh, And of course, if needed, exercises such as meditation can be quite helpful for sexual dysfunction as we know that um, the evidence supports that. Not only does it help the pain component, but helps them with libido and uh, being, you know, that whole mind-body connection can be quite helpful. How many treatment sessions do people usually need? That's a good question and a question we get Often, Unfortunately, because it's not a cookie-cutter approach and everybody comes in with a different history, it's hard to say. But I would say generally those with prolapse or those with stress urinary incontinence or postpartum or pre-surgery, usually about four to six. And a lot of what we give them, you know, we space it out because strength training does take some time and it could take up to about a year before people are feeling that much better. Does that mean they're coming to physio for a year? It means that they're doing their homework for maybe. Exactly what I was going to say. If they don't do their homework, they're not going to get better. 100%. You just tell them and they go to see you and then they don't do anything at home. Exactly. They don't get better. And then the people who do their 
their work and get better, but then they stop doing their work and then they come back to us and say, oh yeah, I was good, but then, I don't know, I don't have a partner anymore, so I stopped doing my exercise and then they meet someone and, oh, they have pain again and they, oh, they forgot how to do everything. Absolutely. Yeah, we hope to give all these patients a toolbox, right? Like, here are your tools. If you regress because you haven't kept up with it, go back to your toolbox. See if you can correct things. For our pain patients, I will say that we do see them for a longer period of time because we're unpeeling away at the onion and we're really trying to better understand the complexity and the nature of their symptoms and how to treat all of their drivers. And their drivers could be beyond the tissue issues, could be the sleep, could be the bio uh, or the psychosocial component that you know really needs addressing. So those ones there may be a bit longer. But again, homework is key. And I know you're in Canada, but in Canada, how much is a pelvic physio session usually cost? So downtown Toronto um, is $150 for an hour session. That's on average. There are some clinics that might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less. And then follow-ups are $100, and they can range anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Outside of Toronto, I think the rates are probably pretty comparable within Ontario. Within the rest of Canada, hard to say. It's different from province to province. Um, And I know that, again, in Europe, if you're in New York, it's probably double the amount. Same in um, L.A. I think it's quite expensive there, but it it really, really, really varies. But you could probably assume in and around $100 to $150. And are all physiotherapists trained in pelvic physiotherapy, or are all pelvic physiotherapists the same? No, thank you for asking. So physiotherapists can only do internal work in Ontario if they're rostered with the College of Physiotherapists that they can do this act. And how they get rostered is that they do specialized training, so post-grad training, in pelvic physiotherapy. And so that internal piece is gold standard to be a pelvic floor physiotherapist. If you have somebody saying they are physiotherapists, they can treat you know, incontinence, do they have training? In Canada, we have a website called Pelvic Health Solutions, which is fantastic because not only does it list all of the Canadian pelvic physiotherapists, but it lists all of the courses that they've taken through Pelvic Health Solutions. Now, they may have taken courses from other teaching companies that are not listed on there, but at least they have um, any you know referring physician can get an idea of their, their education and background. Do you have any idea where else people can find physiotherapists outside of Ontario? So... Um, Pelvic Health Solutions for all of Canada, and then in the United States, um, pelvicguru.com, so G-U-R-U, so pelvicguru.com, it's um, a great website. She's got, uh, Tracy Sher there, she's got an international um, directory, so I believe you can find therapists all throughout North America and in Europe if you register, so the therapist has to register themselves. In Europe, I would say calling the College of Physiotherapists is probably your best bet. There is also another website, the International Organization of Physical Therapists in Pelvic and Women's Health. So the IOPTPWH is also a useful website where European trained physiotherapists might be listed on there. Do you have any last take-home points for our listeners? 
So, um, number one, let's all give the same consistent message that these patients can do better and will do better if we can provide them hope and some sort of guidance and direction. And pelvic floor physiotherapy is more than just Kegels. It is also more than just the pelvic floor. It's the whole person. It's the whole body. And at the end of the day, we want to get these patients to be able to return back to their functional goals and their basic needs in life. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. This is fun. And I hope everybody learned from it. Jessica Nargi, again, is a pelvic physiotherapist at Advanced Pelvic Physiotherapy Center in Toronto. Mm-hmm.